Hello and welcome to another edition of Bat Books for Beginners. I'm Nick and today I'm looking at a rather special book called The Killing Joke, which is a one-shot which was originally published in 1988. It's written by the iconic comic book writer Alan Moore, who's written such books as The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen and Watchmen. And the art is provided by Brian Bolland, who has provided art for Batman Black and White also. So this book has a lot of hype around it, lots of praise. Is it as good as they all say it is? Let's see what I think of the Joker's origin story. Batman rushes to Arkham Asylum to meet the Joker for a discussion about their future, as he feels they're both on course to kill each other. However, the man there is not the Joker, he's an imposter dressed up and in makeup, and Batman quickly realises this. The real Joker has just swindled a landlord out of his property, an abandoned, dilapidated fairground. Later on we see Barbara Gordon and Commissioner Gordon, they're at home, when there's a knock at their door. Barbara opens the door, and it is the Joker, with a gun and a camera. He shoots Barbara Gordon, who collapses in pain, and then kidnaps Commissioner Gordon, leaving Barbara on the floor. We do have flashbacks throughout the book telling us of the Joker's past life. He's a failing comedian, living in poverty with his pregnant wife. He's fed up of not being able to find a job. He meets some guys in a bar who seem a bit shifty, they seem to be gangsters, and he's there to aid them in a raid at his previous workplace, a chemical warehouse. He needs to get the money that he feels his wife deserves. However, just before the raid is planned, the Joker learns his wife has died in a freak accident, along with his baby. The man continues with the raid, however, although he's clearly distracted by the death of his wife and child. During the raid, the gangsters make the man wear a red helmet associated with the red hood. The men do get spotted and by security, and Batman arrives and confronts the red hood. The man jumps off the railing and lands in a river underneath the chemical plant and swims to safety. However, he feels his skin burn, he takes off his helmet, and his appearance has changed. His skin is now white and his hair is green. He laughs manically and falls into insanity as the Joker is born. Back in the present time, Commissioner Gordon has been awoken and is stripped naked and forced by the Joker to ride one of his fairground rides, a ghost train with photos of his naked daughter in pain, shown to Gordon in an attempt by the Joker to drive Commissioner Gordon insane. Batman arrives at the fairground, saves Gordon, and learns his sound of mind. Gordon tells Batman to get the Joker by the book to show him that their way works. Batman pursues the Joker, confronts him, and tells him that he wants to help him, to rehabilitate him. But the Joker pauses for a moment, considering it, but then tells him, but then tells Batman it's too late for him. And the Joker tells Batman a joke. It goes a little bit like this. There were two guys in a lunatic asylum, and one night they decide they don't like living in an asylum anymore. They decide they're going to escape. So they get up onto the roof, and there, just across 
this narrow gap they see the rooftops of the town stretching away in the moonlight stretching away to freedom now the first guy he jumps right across with no problem but his friend didn't dare make the leap he's afraid of falling so then the first guy has no idea he says hey I have my flashlight with me I'll shine it across the gap between the buildings you can walk along the beam and join me but the second guy just shakes his head and he says what do you think I'm crazy you turn it off when I was halfway across Joker breaks into laughter and Batman even shares a smile laughs with the Joker Batman grabs the Joker and the two figures disappear into the night Knock, knock. Who's there? Batgirl. Past tense. <laughs> Now, I thought this book was true to the Joker's psychosis. The Joker doesn't want to accept responsibility for his actions and goes about attempting to prove that any man put under proper duress would go insane. I thought this was an interesting way of thinking about the psychology of the Joker. He's shown as a vulnerable and pathetic figure trapped in a cycle of violence just like Batman. We get to learn a lot more of the Joker. The book's execution is superb. The narrative flows beautifully, despite flashing between the present day and the past. It's wonderfully executed, from the links between the two storylines to the panels that say a lot without the need for words, just visually telling the story at many times in the book. Many plaudits have been thrown at Alan Moore's take on the Joker's backstory, and I can see why. What Moore does well is to demonstrate that both Batman and the Joker have suffered similar tragedy, but channeled their emotions differently. Whereas Batman uses his parents' death as a means to drive his desire to protect people, the Joker is unable to come to terms with his personal tragedy. He doesn't have any support, he has no other family. And in this way we can see the Joker as a tragic and misunderstood character. That's why the end of the killing joke resonates in such a way. His scheme is diabolical. It's one of the ugliest Batman stories I've read. Very violent and twisted crimes that the Joker's committing. It's a really sickening method of revenge. And you, you're hoping for some severe punishment to be done, delivered to the Joker. But the flashbacks to the Joker's past may in turn have you feeling some sympathy for a man who just wanted to take care of his family but ended up disfigured and insane. The book's really about twisted fate and redemption. Both Batman and the Joker are victims of events, be of events beyond their control and now must live with the consequences. You've got to realise that this background story may not be the authentic telling of the Joker's origin as the villain himself admits to harbouring conflicting memories about his past. Another theme explores the possibility that Batman is just as insane as the criminals he faces. I've always loved this facet of the Batman universe in that the people in Arkham Asylum are insane, but we still have a man running around as a bat. He may be doing the right thing, but it's still pretty crazy. And it's just how insanity manifests in different ways. Moore has been quoted as saying that psychologically, Batman and the Joker are mirrored images of each other. And 
I loved the fact that Batman and the Joker are creations of a random and tragic one bad day. Batman spends his life forging meaning from the random tragedy, whereas the Joker reflects the absurdity of life and all its random injustice. There were some really simple parts in the book, but worked so well, as I mentioned before. No dialogue. It wasn't needed at certain parts. You didn't need it thanks to the way the story is being told and the art being excellent. I liked the fact that Bruce, Bruce mentions how can two people who know so little about each other hate each other so much as Bruce and the Joker really don't know much about their own personas I think Joker's origin is fairly good it's um you know regarding the fact he's a weak stand-up comedian and he's struggling with his family life you do feel sympathy for him and you do identify the challenges that he's coming up against it's a very cerebral book it's very interesting comments of madness and how some people go mad because they cannot take life and it's quite dark in certain areas and Alan Moore really does a good job of making this a very interesting book to 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 read and then there's a lot to talk about when you're done with it now there has been some criticism for the book the writer Alan Moore himself has used the words clumsy misjudged and devoid of real human importance describing the story he but he's a little bit of a strange guy but he's clearly not too happy with the work he did. I think he's being a little bit harsh. But then again, while the morally ambiguous ending is a great scene in its own right, it doesn't square well with the actions of the Joker in the preceding pages. He did just shoot Barbara Gordon. He's trying to make Commissioner Gordon insane. Why does he suddenly ease off when Batman turns up? The Killing Joke is a classic Alan Moore script with a lot of depth. However, it does suffer, I think, from only one small problem. It's crippled by the reliance on the rules of the superhero story. There's no design, there's no denying this is a wonderful Batman story, but there are certain rules that I think need to be followed. And at the beginning of the book, we're looking at a story that's quite different. Joker is a bit more brutal than usual, he does unspeakable acts of violence, and Batman can only see an end where one or the other are destroyed. However, the ending's a little bit more traditional than the promise that we were given at the start. And as a result, a little bit disappointing. Batman catches Joker, Joker goes back in Arkham Asylum. I think from a book that's so epic throughout, I was hoping for a slightly better ending. And also, I'm not sure I agree with this, but I know that some people think that the Joker's tragic past doesn't seem a good enough reason for the Joker to ultimately be the way that he is all of the time. Even though I, I do think we get a slight moment towards the end when Batman tries to help the Joker. The Joker does, it feels like the Joker stops for a moment and considers this help and whether it's worth taking. Which I think was the first time we've ever seen the Joker be slightly sensible. The story though is a little bit short and so that's why some people feel that the backstory doesn't do enough to justify the Joker as he is now. I do feel more sympathy for the Joker, yes. Some people think they, un they understand him better, yes, but some people don't think it's the definitive Joker backstory but there's not quite enough of it there. Uh, the art in the book, each scene had perfect transitions, jumping from past to present, and the story was easily weaved between the two time zones. Everyone's face was full of so much expression, and Moore's dialogue really worked well with Bolland's organic art, creating a really unique story with some of the best interior artwork I've ever seen in a comic. It's just stunning and the characters' expressions speak for themselves 
which adds to the fact that you don't need too much dialogue when you understand what's going on with just the art. So it is an immense book, and when compared over all the books I've reviewed over the last year or so, this one stands out above most of them, even though it's a very brief story. It's compelling from the first panel to the last, and I've seen some one-shots that haven't got close to anywhere near close to as much intrigue as in this book. It's true when they're using the Joker, the interest always goes up in a story, just because it's the Joker. But so does the pressure on the writer and the creative team. To, there's a pressure there for them to deliver a good story. And Alan Moore pretty much delivered with this one. With just enough ambiguity to keep everyone happy about the biggest origin story in the Batman universe. The art was brilliant, the story was excellent. So it's got to be 5 out of 5. It couldn't be anything different, could it? If you haven't read this one and you're listening to this podcast, get it quick. It'd be funny if it weren't so pathetic. No, what the heck, I'll laugh anyway. Now, a few notes quickly um, of the influences that Killing Joke has had. Tim Burton claimed that the Killing Joke influenced his film adaptation of Batman in 1989. Director for Chris Nolan has mentioned that the Killing Joke served as an influence for the version of the Joker in The Dark Knight. Heath Ledger, who played the Joker, stated in an interview that he was given a copy of the Killing Joke as a reference for his role. The film lifted the concept of the Joker trying to drive a well-regarded person insane. In this case, it was Harvey Dent and he's trying to push him over the edge after killing his fiancée. As well as the Joker's inconsistent origin stories, as seen in The Killing Joke and The Dark Knight, Joker claiming that the scars in his face that form his smile in the film were caused by child abuse or self-mutilation, different points, never clear as to what is the defining origin. And also in 2009's Batman Arkham Asylum game, there are several notable references to the story also made in the game with Joker's makeshift throne made of mannequins at the end of the game, identical to the one contained in the novel. And Joker even personally makes a knowing reference to the story, saying, there are these two guys in lunatic asylum, have I told you that one before? The joke from the end of The Killing Joke. the guts for that kind of fun you would have done it years ago i on the other hand i hope you enjoyed that mammoth book that i reviewed next time i'm going to be learning more about a strange group who are brainwashing citizens of gotham including batman in the book the cult there is a new book list on the forums, so make sure you check that out. Get involved, send us messages. Also, get on there and let us know what you thought of The Killing Joke. Is it brilliant? Is it the best? Are there better? Is it overrated? Let us know. Get on the forums. Tell us all about it. Well, I've been Nick, and now I leave you with some of the best moments from The Killing Joke. And I'll see you next time. So, I see you received the free ticket I sent you. I'm glad. I did so want you to be here. You see, it doesn't matter if you catch me and send me back to the asylum. Gordon's been driven mad. I've proved my point. 
I've demonstrated that there's no difference between me and everyone else. All it takes is one bad day to reduce the sanest man alive to lunacy. That's how far the world is from where I am. Just one bad day. You had a bad day once. Am I right? I know I am. Why else would you dress up as a flying rat? You had a bad day, and it drove you as crazy as everybody else. Only you won't admit it. You have to keep pretending that life makes sense, that there's some point to all this struggling. God, you make me want to puke. I mean, what is it with you? What made you what you are? Girlfriend killed by the mob, maybe? Brother carved up by some mugger? Something like that, I bet. Something like that. Something like that. Happened to me, now. I'm not exactly sure what it was. Sometimes I remember it one way, sometimes another. If I'm going to have a past, I prefer it to be multiple choice. <laughs> My point is, I went crazy. When I saw what a black, awful joke the world was, I went crazy as a coot. <laughs> I admit it. Why can't you? I mean, you're not unintelligent. You must see the reality of the situation. Do you know how many times you've come close to World War Three over a block of geese on a computer screen? Do you know what triggered the last world war? An argument over how many telegraph poles Germany owed its war department creditors. Telegraph poles! <laughs> it's all a joke. Everything anybody ever valued or struggled for. It's all a monstrous demented gag. So why can't you see the funny side? Why aren't you laughing? <laughs> 